The views and opinions expressed on Nerds and Beer are solely those of the hosts and guests who clearly know just enough to be dangerous. Please do not try this at home. This is where the fun begins. It's sandwich spread. What's wrong with it? <laughs> We're on a mission from God. Hey everybody, we're back at Nerds and Beer. We want to uh, welcome you back to the first podcast of 2022. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Yay. New Year! Woo! Happy New Year! Woo! So, we have a uh, full crew today. We've got uh, Joe joining us. Hi. got me. Yeah. got McClunky here to my left. And then we have Turd Ferguson, a.k.a. Nines, joining us mobily right now. Hey, yo! <laughs> Hey yo. Hey yo. <laughs> so uh what's everybody been up to? It's been a while since we've all uh, got together. Oh. It's been it's been quite a while. You know, we had Christmas, we had New Year's. Um we've had a Spider-Man movie, we've had a Hawkeye series. We've had a lot go on. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we we haven't even talked really since uh Ghostbusters Afterlife came out either. No, we haven't. Sadly, I have not even seen that. I think Everyone else in this group has. But I haven't not. seen it. I thought it's you would just see it. No. That's, well, just, what she, watch that's it, just what she told you when she was at a party. Instead. Yeah, yeah, she was out boozing on the campus. I was at a party. A party. She's like, Dad, I, I'm going to see Ghostbusters. And in reality, she was like doing keg stands somewhere. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife yet, I just saw that it's out digitally now, so you can pick it up. Oh, perfect. Now, yeah. What, without too many spoilers, um, what was your thought on Ghostbusters? Um, I was actually pretty pretty happy with how they did it. I thought um, it's a nice way that they gave a nod to the original movies, the original cast, and then they're introducing and setting up for like future projects and stuff. And I think it, it's really uh, a true like underdog movie not like you know like dodgeball advertised the underdog movie um but this is kind of like legit an underdog movie and you know you get to see the nerdy nerdy kids kind of like win so it's it's very well done i thought so does it you you kind of think it'll lead up to like a sequel yeah yeah i feel like the way that they uh some of the stuff that they incorporate in the movies without giving anything away because you haven't seen it but i feel like they they are possibly doing things to set up future projects cool, cool. so and it was it was good you know they they do a, a nice job of um you know harold ramus uh, passed away so there was no egon and stuff but you know the the story the main character is like his uh his grandkids mm -hmm. um and they, they do a really nice job with, uh, like, tying him in and, and how it went and everything. Mm -hmm. How big of a part does Paul Rudd play in it? He's uh, So he's actually a pretty big part of the movie. He's kind of the equivalent of uh, Rick Moranis' character in the first one. Okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I felt about his character is that he's, like, the, the comic relief. But he's, like, the, yeah. you know, the new Rick Moranis, if you will, of it. But... Again, it's a lot. There was a lot of similarities to like the original one. Um, some hints at the, you know, Ghostbusters two, and then um, they did a nice job of like updating it though, 
like they didn't repeat everything that they did from the first one, but you could definitely tell that some stuff was taken or, or, you know, hinted at from the first one. Now, does it make any kind of reference to the Ghostbusters movie um, that they made a few years ago with, uh, with all the girls? No, actually it doesn't. Okay. They, um, they didn't, they didn't really incorporate anything with that mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, at least if they did, it's not to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there was some <coughs> criticism because they're now that the new one is coming out and getting ready for uh, Blu-ray release, they're actually going to release like a, a box with all the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they announced it, when they said all the movies, they meant one, two, and then Ghostbusters Afterlife. They didn't even incorporate the all-female cast <laughs> one. Yeah, so fans fans got you know pretty pissed off about that, and they started a petition and stuff. And now they have since like changed it, and they said, "Well, we're going to give you one and two, and then after Afterlife, um, and then we're going to have a digital download for the the all female cast." So they're like, okay. they're not like putting a ton of you know money into it to revamp the box set. They're just going to throw in a digital code for it. Uh, nines, are you still there? Or did we lose you? Yeah, it says connected, but I don't hear the wind through my hair anymore. <laughs> we don't have the roller coaster sound, so we might have lost nines, but uh, I'll try to reconnect her while we're talking. Um, so what do we want to jump to next? Do we want to do a little uh, little bit on Hawkeye? Or... Yeah, yeah, I think Hawkeye would be a good place to start. Yeah, because I feel like Spider-Man's going to be what we talked about the most. Yeah, and so, like, a lot of this stuff, like, we'll we'll go, you know, spoiler alert, even though it's well after the fact. And if you're listening to us, there's a, probably about a 99.9% chance that you already watched all this stuff we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't, then turn us off and go check it out. And <laughs> you, if you haven't seen... Oh! Oh! She's back! Hello! Is he low letter? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what happened to you, Nines? I think whenever my GPS turns on, it kicks me off. Why do you need a GPS? You're driving back to the place you live. Just in case. Yeah. You're basically going south. Just in case. <laughs> Go south until you hit the exit. You know which one. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> so um hawkeye we haven't i mean we've been off the air for so long we haven't talked about it at all um overall what was your take on the series there nines i really liked it i was not expecting it to be that great um compared to like wandavision and um falcon and the winter soldier and loki but i i would rank it like pretty high among the marvel shows that we have so far i really liked it dude now nines were you a huge fan of wandavision like your dad because i Joe, WandaVision is still your favorite, is it not? It, it is. I, it is. No, uh, Hawkeye is pushing it. It's close. But what about I, you? Man? I really like WandaVision, but I think I would probably rank it above. I think I'd probably rank it above Hawkeye. WandaVision? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm still, I think I'm the odd man out here because I'm still, I think WandaVision is one of my least favorites. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. I think I think the first two episodes we got from it just set the the pace for me, and then I I just wasn't. I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Right. I thought it was a good story, but I just wasn't like fully invested in it like I was with the other shows. Yeah, I, I really liked WandaVision. I think probably, I mean, What If wasn't really like a large scale show, so I'd probably rank that at the bottom, and then Loki. I feel like 
Loki was good, but it didn't really meet my expectations that I had for it. I don't know. See, and I feel like I agree with that to a certain extent. Like, I think my least favorite is probably WandaVision, then probably Loki, um, just because I feel like Loki did a really good job and it had me buying into it. Like, I was all on board until the last episode. And then I was exactly. Yeah, the like, last okay, episode for me wasn't wasn't this kind of yeah bumps it down on my list. Right. But I'll tell you what, with recent developments in the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness, yeah. um, with some of the clips in that, what if has now moved up my list because of that? Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. I think what if, um, what if added a lot into things that. Um, maybe we didn't think we're going to be pertinent. Like at the time we like, Oh, this is a, you know, a cute one shot show that, you know, we, we just won't have any repercussions from anything. But now with, um, with what we've seen with Spider-Man, um, some of that, what if stuff is actually going to affect the real MCU. Yeah. And I think it was you, Joe, that posted the, the thing about like where they put what if, and then the timeline. Mm-hmm. The MCU stuff, and I think when that came out, I think everybody was like, "Wait, what's happening?" Because, like you said, I thought it was just a one-shot like series, and there was going to be no repercussions from anything. Mm-hmm. And now they're now they're kind of saying, "Nope, it is going to play part in it." Well, right, and we may not get like broad-scale chunks of what if brought into the real MCU, but I think it just shows, um, you know, bits and pieces of it are going to get used, and maybe. Um, you know, maybe we are going to get some of it, you know, just glimpses here and there. Yeah. Well, it'd be pretty sweet if they brought back like Chris Evans and Robert Downey as the zombies. Yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> Have uh, Toby or, uh, excuse me, Tom. Zombie Hunter Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was, the, there was in Spider-Man No Way Home where he's wearing Doctor Strange's cape. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, but I digress. We're we're on Hawkeye right now. So, um, what what did you think of it, Joe? Um, I really liked it. I thought it was a good um, way to expand the Hawkeye character. You know, he was kind of, you know, not one of the more more prominent characters throughout the Avengers storyline. He was kind of just like a background, uh, more of a background character. But but seeing him in his own series. I think really gave us a lot of a lot more depth to his character, and I think bought him um, a lot more fans out there than what he probably had before. And I think it did a good job introducing a character that I think is probably going to be one of the bigger next gen heroes in the MCU. Talking about Kate, yeah, Kate Bishop. Yeah. This is not cutlery. <laughs> uh, I I didn't really know much about her as an actress and you know the character prior to the show starting but i think they did a really good job of casting her like i thought she fit fit really well and i think her and uh jeremy renner did a really good job like you know being a pair in that series and again kind of like what nine said going into hawkeye i didn't have super high expectations for the series and uh and not no offense to her as an actress but I didn't have a ton of faith um, in her bringing that Kate Bishop character to the screen, <clears throat> but I think she did a good job and I think it worked pretty well. Yeah. And then uh, of course the other movie that I think was your favorite. Yelena. Yeah. 
Oh, dude. Tying in, tying in Black Widow storyline now and, and how they left that. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, Yelena is quickly becoming uh, my Ahsoka Tano of the MCU. She's just, uh, to me, she's what made the Black Widow movie work and what made the Black Widow movie um, more watchable. Um, and I think she, I, I hope she becomes a primary MCU character because... <laughs> It seems like she has uh, gotten a lot of uh, like fan support lately that I don't think they expected. She kind of stole the show both in Black Widow and kind of in Hawkeye too. Yeah, yeah, I think she did a she did a really good job, especially like the apartment scene. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny. Like the 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 charm that she has and the the way she pulls off those lines, I I think she's really funny, and I hope they use her more. I think you'll see her back again. Mm-hmm. Then, that is so annoying. <laughs> Why did she make the macaroni? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> she dumps all the hot sauce in there. That's all. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Well, and then the other character that we saw, um, you know, Yelena was kind of like a, just a cool cameo, but the the big bad in the show um, was Kingpin, which was widely hoped for and widely anticipated what did you guys think of seeing kingpin um in the main mcu now uh i was pretty excited about it i mean it it just it just like you know basically said that the whole daredevil series is you know part of the mcu really i mean not not i guess it's not actually like part of the mcu but you know they tied it together which was cool yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was really cool because I, you know, I was always a really big fan of that Daredevil series. I think you were too. Yeah, um, seeing it, um, you know, seeing it brought kind of into the the main canon. I think now um, kind of validates us for being fans of that, and at least for me, uh, gives us some hope that we may see more of both Kingpin and the Daredevil characters. Right. Right. And um, like the way that they ended the series, do you think that he's going to be back? Kingpin? Yeah. Oh, I think most assuredly, I think he'll be back because there's a a live action MCU series planned for Echo, right? Mm -hmm. And I think she, if she gets her own series, probably he will play um, a big part as the villain in that, I would think. And then, you know, from stuff that we saw in Spider-Man, um, I would think that there's a future for um, Kingpin and some other series, too. Uh, very true. Very true. Yeah, Spider-Man did not uh, disappoint. So, and then Brody's just chewing at the bit here. He's like, let's finish talking about Hawkeye so we can get on Spider-Man. Yeah, dude, let's do it. So, cl- let's close up Hawkeye. Overall, what you guys, what what do you think? Uh, so overall Hawkeye, I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, if you're giving it a rating out of 10, I'd probably give it a solid eight. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought that they did a good job, um, with character development. And like you said, they made Clint Barton so much more three-dimensional than just what you saw him in the Avengers movies. Um, there was more of a backstory to him. Plus you got to see more about like his family and, you know, you learn more about like his wife and, you know, that she was so much more than what you, you saw in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Tony was right in Age of Ultron when he says that he can, she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. it just like, like you just said, I think it gave us a lot more um, character development for Clint and gave us just a lot more background that we never had before. 
and he he just I always liked him, but I always felt like he didn't have you know they didn't put the spotlight on him in the movies, right? And he's got a good like sarcastic tone to him that I really like, um, and I just thought some of the the narrative and the conversations that he had in this series were hilarious to me, just the way he like would say things, um, you know, especially when he was like doing the uh, the fighting with like the cosplayers, you know, the, the people <laughs> like that whole scene. Because he's like just so not into it, but he's like still trying to like kind of be nice to them. The LARPers, they were really great. Yeah, LARPers. <laughs> yeah. But and then like like McClunky said, you know, the nods to the comics too, like how they took, you know, he's wearing the the hearing aid and the the comic accurate like costume and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like a lot of stuff from the comic books, which was really cool too. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's why I liked it the most i think it wasn't a huge like large spanning you know it it didn't have huge effects on the mcu but what it did was give us so much bigger of a picture of one of the characters yeah yeah fair to say yeah i think i'd i think i'd agree with your um eight i think it was a a solid eight out of ten yeah i love too that you could feel the repercussions of what he did as ronan a little bit more than oh, they touched yeah, on. That in was Endgame. really cool. I, I, Joe, I even said that to you. I think that I really was a fan of how they like came back to the Ronan costume. Absolutely, I think <clears throat> that was a cool nod and a cool way to tie into like what the effect of the Thanos snap had on you know the world left behind. Yeah, and you didn't know like you knew that he was out you know killing people and doing what he was doing as Ronan during that time, but you didn't really truly know what he did. And this kind of like gave more of a darker picture. Right. And I think, I think it was cool too. um, Even though it was such a like, you know, 32nd part of the series, but getting to see the snap from the perspective of somebody that was snapped away, like when Yelena got snapped away and then she came back, like to her, it was instantaneous. Whereas, you know, it was actually five years of time. Yeah. That was such a cool scene, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when it happened, it was like, whoa, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, do we want to want to jump ahead um, to the, the big fish in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's from? Was that Revenge of the Nerds? No, it was Goonies. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. All right, so jumping on to... What was the... It wasn't a very big movie that we're going to talk about. No, I don't know. It was kind of, you know, one of those things that if you blink, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that... (laughs) I think over the last like year, there's been like very minimal talk about this movie. (laughs) Not much press, not much speculation. (laughs) Yeah, no rumors whatsoever. (laughs) No leaked set photos. (laughs) So, Spider-Man: No Way Home, McClunky, go. (laughs) What the heck's that? That's so loud. What was that? Imagine. <laughs> it's like Toby Maguire singing he's back. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so loud. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Yeah, so No Way Home did it, bro? Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? Were it, you disappointed? Like it, what? It passed them like beyond past them. It was so good. So we went the opening night. Well, the Friday night. We didn't go Thursday night when they started to show, but we went Friday night. And Brody and his friend and Bella sat in front of us. I think that's how it went, right? He's in the same row as you guys. Yeah. So they were in front of us, and then we sat behind. And like Brody's just like kept turning around every time there's something like staring at me. <laughs> so yeah, I talk about it. This is your thing, man. Right. You've been living uh, for this. I loved what they did, um, bringing back so many elements of the original films, like and like obviously Toby and Andrew. Like that was awesome. Just love to see the way that they interacted with each other too. So. It starts out, and you're like, okay, it picks right up. After No Way Home, uh, after Far From Home. Yeah, picks up right at the end of that, which uh, is kind of cool. I was, uh, so they pick up right after. You see the, obviously, what's happening after. Uh, Daredevil's a really good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Charlie Cox makes his appearance there in the MCU, yeah, which our, was really cool. Our and, theater went crazy. Yeah, everybody started to cheer at our theater. Joe, I don't know when you saw it, if people cheered at certain points. Yeah, we we were at uh, the Mackinac City Theater, so it, it was a fairly small crowd, like maybe 50 people, but we did get a good crowd reaction when you first see Charlie Cox. Yeah. And so I, and I don't think originally he was going to be in that. I think that was a reshoot that, that they reshoot. did towards the end. So it makes me wonder if they were like, you know, they finally came up with some sort of a deal for Daredevil and Kingpin to be in, you know, like obviously they knew Kingpin was going to be back. So I wonder if they went and just reshot those. To yeah, like... and it was a rumor since like the beginning of the production of the film. Yeah. So they were like, oh, no, maybe find a way to fit him in there. And it was just like, what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds he was on screen, and it was just a huge like statement. Yeah. You wonder if it was an intentional late hold. Like you said, they went and did it as a reshoot. <clears throat> but I wonder if they had it planned the whole time just because the mentions of Kingpin in the Hawkeye series – were held off almost to the very end. And that yeah. coincided with Spider-Man coming out. I wonder if they held both of them off like till the end of the Hawkeye series and to, you know, do a late reshoot for Spider-Man to get them in there just to try to keep it quiet longer. I, I don't know. That could be. I mean, that would make sense, I think. Yeah, so we get that. Um, we start to see them, uh, like, just try to like get into college with his friends and that that doesn't go so well and that's kind of what sparks the whole, whole talk to dr strange talk to dr strange cast a spell so for those that haven't seen the movie yet this is very spoiler <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. again if, if you haven't seen it what are you doing with your life right right so the when he goes to talk to dr strange and then he casts the spell and the spell is He's talking as Doctor Strange is casting the right. spell, and then it gets that's messed up. So that's like this movie, right? And then it brings everybody from different dimensions who knows that Spider Man is Peter Parker, right? So it brings react. back brings back Doc Ock, which uh, I love that fight sequence. By the way, on the bridge, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was very well done. I thought too. Yes, yeah. and that was that was really cool how they like brought him back and that was like the first villain that they bring back was Doc Ock. Right. And then you yeah. see the Jolly Green Elf. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> the Norman Osborne. So and I mean I have to admit, like 
Spider-Man 2 was good. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2 yeah. was mm-hmm. good. Um, I always was not a huge fan of how they portrayed Doc Ock in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain things, certain elements of his Doc Ock that I just didn't understand. Like, like, why did he have to wear a trench coat with no shirt on underneath? Like, I don't get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, put a shirt on. <laughs> um, but this one, I feel like this was such a good... Like they they made Doc Ock so much more relatable, I guess. Yeah. Like you you genuinely wanted him to win. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the fact that again, a spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen this, but I think that they made him, um, they gave us an insight on how like his character and brought him back. Like they gave us a chance to see him kind of redeemed. Um, I think that made that character a lot more likable and relatable too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I loved seeing what they did with Norman too. I thought that was cool. Him smashing the Power Ranger mask. Mm-hmm. I really love that because that was one of my least favorite things about that Green Goblin is that mask. And I read an article after the fact ever came out, and they they had intended to do something like that. I believe, like from the start, because that that was so un. It wasn't received well. No, from the wire ones, you know, and yeah. and I think that was their like moment for the fans, like, yeah, we're getting rid of this, and just you know, Willem Dafoe's like natural face, like he looks crazy enough, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that fight, the fight scene we get between when it's just solo, Tom Holland versus William Dafoe as the Goblin, that fight scene when they're in the building, that is really well done. Like when they're slamming each other through the different floors, that was that was really good. Then he yeah. starts like punching him, but it's like doing nothing to him. He's just like mm-hmm. laughing at him. Yeah, yeah. I know both nines and buckets really thought that was a good, like, creepy scene when um, Spider Man's punching him, punch him, and he just looks at him and smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I love, yeah, that new Goblin outfit. How it was like elements of purple on it too, with like mm-hmm. goggles or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so much better. There was hints they said of uh, obviously where like they were hinting at Ned becoming the Hobgoblin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I I jump ahead, but that, that made me laugh too. Jamie Foxx's character of Electro was so much better. Oh, so, yeah. They did such a good job cleaning up some of those villain characters and making them better and making them more right. believable. Um, and I think some of my favorite stuff, I mean, there was so much to like in that movie, but some of my favorite stuff was the interactions between the different villains when they're trapped in Doctor Strange's basement. Those were really funny. And the the tree. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a tree man. And Um, I like Sandman, too. Like, not that I disliked him the first time, but they made the Sandman character, you know, I think more likable and more believable just because they gave him, you know, they gave him a chance to kind of not be the, the worst bad guy there. And then Lizard was there too, which was crazy because there was such a focus on like Electro, Goblin, Doc Ock that like up until like that last trailer stuff yeah. where you see the the fight scene there at the Statue of Liberty, a lot of people didn't even realize that you know Sandman was going to play such a part or that the Lizard right. yeah. so much you know. But yeah, and I when they first started showing them, I was like, God, I hope they brought back the original too, you know the. Mm-hmm. Yeah too because there was like hardly any mention of them in pre-press right, right. so i don't know Tom, what is it, the thomas hayden church is that his name yeah mm-hmm. i you know i always liked them i mean 
He was Hello. on the the comedy Wings. If you're, yeah, I was gonna say, Hello, Wings. <laughs> <laughs> I love too when he takes them into Happy's apartment, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of interacting with each other, and like you see, like the arc reactor. Just that whole scene was cool. And then I did think to, not to jump back a little bit, but I really thought that it was cool how the Stark tech like incorporated itself into Doc Ock's arms in that oh, fight yeah. scene. I thought that was pretty dope too. And yeah. then how Peter could control them and stuff. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. So out of all the villains that came back in this one, which one do you think this did the most justice for? Like which one do you think had the I don't even know how to word it. Like, I don't want to say which one was your favorite to see, but which one do you think made the most drastic changes and like was so well received by the fan base? It's, it's so tough to pick because each one of them had different things that they did well with. Like I think William Defoe, obviously they did a great job keeping him evil and keeping him kind of twisted and effed up um, and, and made him just made him the, more of the villain that he deserved to be in the other ones. Um, Doc Ock, I think I liked just because they gave him a path at redemption. Um, Electro, I thought was good just because they made it not terrible. Like it was so terrible. He wasn't blue. (laughs) Yeah. Chameleon, I think, or not chameleon lizard was, um, they didn't do much with him. He was just kind of there. Yeah. And Sandman, I think they just kind of stayed consistent because at the end of that Spider-Man, wasn't he kind of, I'm trying to remember, wasn't he kind of turning back anyway? Yeah, he kind of went back and forth like good and bad. But it, his his good and badness kind of tailored, was tailored around like his daughter and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so he wasn't really a bad guy per se. He was just doing a lot of bad things for his daughter mm-hmm. to try and better her life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was what they were trying to hint on in this one too, is that he was, you know, he was still a decent guy, you know, his first interaction with uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and he, he doesn't know who's who and he you just know, helps him. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll help, you know, and then he realizes that it's not his Spider-Man. Right. But yeah. I don't think he's a, a bad guy. I think he, he's just misunderstood. Yeah. He's just misunderstood. Um, and then not to jump <clears throat> way ahead, but I think the villain that a lot of people, we're excited to see or maybe change it to current text are excited to see in the future um, is Venom at the end, because they, they definitely um, brought him where he needs to be too. He was drunk in a bar in Mexico. <laughs> Eddie! Eddie! Let's go skinny dipping. We are drunk. <laughs> we are drunk. That was, that was really well done just flails his arms out and there were some people that talked to me after the movie came out and they were like i didn't get that i don't know what that is and i'm like well you really have to see venom too let there be carnage to like yeah full grasp of that so so if you haven't watched venom any of the venom movies go check those out before you jump into like spider-man stuff if you haven't done it yet so or if you've watched spider-man and you don't get it go check out the venom movies because that'll definitely help with it they uh there's some nice nods too with uh is it um even just the villain designs in the film like electros when he like sometimes will shoot lightning it does the classic like kind the, of mask the face mask yeah yeah, yeah was, that was really was cool you get like the the image of it yeah it was just the the flash of it they didn't do like the the green and yellow that suit. whatever suit that he had <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, I thought that was cool how they did that too. And it's real brief, but you if you, you look see, for it, you see it. Yeah. Now, do you guys think it was kind of a disappointment that we didn't have the return of the Vulture? Because I know there was some talk about Michael Keaton being in it again, but then he never showed. And that's that's something I didn't really think about until afterwards. And I got thinking, I'm like, they they had kind of built that up, you know, in the previous movies. And now I wonder where that whole thing sits. They're setting it up for that other trilogy that they're set to do with Tom Holland. Maybe. Because then they made uh, reference, well, obviously in... Uh, the first movie homecoming right we had scorpion we had scorpion we had shocker yeah you know we had all those other villains that were just there and you know they might not have always been like huge staples in the villain aspect for the for spider-man but just the fact that we had those hints of them i think that they're they're still planning something more right but where does it sit like i'm just a little confused now because with it closing and no one supposedly knows who spider-man is that oh. was part of the part of the deal with vulture is that he was one of the few people that knew that spider-man was peter parker and that opened up him wanting to get revenge that's i just i I wonder where that sits now whether he just has a hate for spider-man yeah or i think that's what you'll see i think i think that's where they'll pick it up because it'll be similar to like uh jay jonah right like he didn't really like he was bad mouthing peter and spider-man and peter is spider-man stuff and then when everything came to you know be resolved he was just still angry at spider-man just that so i think that vulture will still be mad at the character of spider-man just not know who it is right they also leave it open well there's a plot hole with at the end because we yeah we glossed over this whole thing right here but um i'm trying to think so when he does the spell to make everybody forget who Peter Parker is, but mm-hmm. his face still on newspapers, isn't it still on mm-hmm. stuff like that? Does that just magically just go away? I think it- so. I think they're they're just gonna kind of gloss, like you said, gloss over it. Like any any reference to him is also erased from you know everywhere. It's like okay. it's kind of like uh, the Back to the Future effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the spell changes everything, so everything just got magically change yeah mm-hmm. um because he says yeah. i think he says like the world will cease to know that peter parker is spider-man so i would think that that just like as a broad spectrum like everything will change then. right <laughs> do you think uh what did you think of so you get that scene when he's fighting him in the when in happy's house aunt may gets impaled by the glider mm-hmm. by the glider that was a that was a shock to me i didn't think they were going to do that yeah, I didn't think so either. Me and me and Nines had talked uh, beforehand. You know, do we think anybody's going to die? Is anybody going to, you know, pay a big price? And uh, Nines thought it was going to be happy. That would be bumped off. Yeah. I really thought from the previews, like the trailers that we saw, um, when Happy's in his car and he's got all the uh, the red lights on him from like the rifles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he was going to get blown away. Mm-hmm. I thought, really. you know, and I I thought it would be like some big heroic thing for him like he sacrifices himself to save may um but yeah completely off the mark well and it did um not that any of us wanted to see aunt may you know pay that price but you know they went the way they opened the spider-man trilogy 
without giving us his origin story, which I thought was nice because, you know, we've seen that origin story redone so many times. The one thing that we missed in the origin story that we never got to see was the, you know, with great power comes great responsibility line. And we finally got to see that come to fruition in this third movie, you know, paid off a little bit differently than what we're used to. But um, we did finally get to see that brought in. Uh, And I think the way they did it was pretty cool. And it makes this whole trilogy as a whole, his origin story in itself. Yeah. When you break down like the movies, the, the three movies now and how this one wraps up and ties, ties up. Like you're like, when you take a step back, you're like, holy shit. Like this is like an origin story trilogy. Right. You know, cause I know there's been, there was a lot of fans who were struggling with the reality that it was like Spider-Man, but he was so much riding the coattails of Iron Man. Right. And, you know, it, since he started, like once Tony came into the picture, like he had all the latest gadgets, he had tech. It was just not the traditional Spider-Man that, you know, fans grew up reading and loving because, mm-hmm. you know, Spider-Man as a character was just this nerdy kid who had some science knowledge and made his own webbing and made his own costume and then went out and did his thing. But, right. you know, this one, when it started, like Tony gave him everything. So by the time this one ends and you see him like, you know, how, how it wraps up with him in the mm-hmm. apartment and stuff. Like now you're like, holy crap, like everything has been erased. Everything we just watched helped shape him the way he is, but now he's on his own. And now we're getting what I think comic book fans are going to like. Right? Yeah. Now we're getting the, now we're getting the, the Spider-Man that everybody expected. Right. Yeah. I think, I think before <laughs> we go on and we talk about the man, yeah. men's, <laughs> uh, I think we should take a, a brief break and then come back, let our fans get some, uh, our listeners get some beverages to drink, and then we'll come back and talk more Spider-Man right. and uh, go from there. What do you th- what do you think about that, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening, everybody. My back. Oh, my back. Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> All right, we're back from the break, everybody. Again, uh, if you're just joining us, this is Nerds and Beer. Nerds uh, and Beer. This is Nerds and Beer, the politically charged podcast. Yeah. <laughs> For just sure. kidding. Just kidding. For sure. Um, Bing bong. Oh God. People at people at my job, which uh, will remain nameless, um, do Bing bong, and I tell them that they can't do that. <laughs> well just for that i'm gonna say an extra bing bong when they start i go no <laughs> um oh before we get too farther or too farther before i learn my language um anyway <laughs> uh we do have to give a brief uh weekly shout out to joey tomasi oh do you got any uh, rick flair queued up for joey Oh, I was just going into my app here, so give me just a moment. And, well, I'll do uh, I'll do uh, just a live action one while you're finding it. So, Joey, this is for you. Woo! <laughs> Wait, do it again. You want me to do it again? Yeah, do it again. Okay. Woo! Woo! I got a little bit of a little here, bit here of a go. froggy throat. So, if mine will load, come on, load. My uh, my app doesn't want to work today. Oh, I got one. I got one. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right. My back. 
<laughs> I did hear right before I heard the woo, I heard somebody go, my back. Yeah, bro, he played Toby McGuire talking about his back. <laughs> it's always good. It's always good. There you go. There it's, it's, it's not an episode of Nerds and Beer without a little bit of the nature boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nature boy. I've got the style and profile like never before. <laughs> that was amazing. Well done. <laughs> so when we left uh, we before the break, we were talking about Spider-Man and just kind of talking on the villains and, you know, what we were thinking of the movie so far. Uh, now that we're back and we're in part two of the Nerds and Beer show here today, um, I think we can open the door or open the portal, if you will. Yes. To the other characters in No Way Home. What do you got, bro? Uh, Toby and Andrew. I'm really disappointed that we didn't see Japanese Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> Is I'm he so... the one that's up humping the light? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so thankful we didn't freaking get the Spider-Ham. Oh, Peter Porker. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have got up and walked out. I mean, there's always the what if show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Could be. So I think that the way that they brought in the characters was like done really well. Yeah. I thought how they had Ned open the portal. Um, anybody surprised that the first Spider-Man that we see is Andrew and not Toby? Not really. No. I'm not really either. I what um that like Ned opened the portal to get them to them but I do like that they made the angle that they were already there like they got brought in with the initial like surge like when the villains came that's when the Spider-Man came too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I really liked well it was cool how like they were calling to him and then he came running and jumped through the portal and Mm -hmm. was there Um, just like for a minute like this I know there was so much criticism about the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and mm-hmm. I feel like this movie really let Andrew Garfield shine. Like, in my opinion, he was he was funny. He had everything that I want from a Spider-Man. I know a lot of people are like, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man because he was the original one, you know? Mm-hmm. But I really thought Andrew Garfield shined in this movie. I really liked his portrayal of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think they did a good job um, letting them play different parts. Like, obviously, the Tom Holland Spider-Man is still young and, you know, has all that going on. Um, The Andrew Garfield, obviously, was at a different point, you know, and still trying to work through a lot of the issues that he had in his movies. You know, he hasn't gotten over the fact that he didn't save Gwen. Um, He hasn't really gotten past that. And he, I think he says something about that it made him like bitter and angry or I don't know he how he said it. it. He didn't yeah. hold his punches. Right. Um, and then it gives us a different look at the um Toby Maguire Spider-Man as like an older character who has worked through things and has um managed to put a life together and still be Spider-Man. Correct. Yep. Right. Did you hear the fan theory about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man with the in reference to the not holding punches and stuff? I did and not. So there's this fan theory that's kind of going around the internet right now. Me and Brody watched it one day and I was like, wow, that, that'd be really cool. Especially if they're talking like 
future movies now that you know that this was so well received now this isn't a fan theory by mike zero is it (laughs) it is not no no no. so (laughs) in reference to the the scene on the rooftop where they're talking and Mm -hmm. this is shortly after you know tom holland's going through his stuff his personal stuff too and uh andrew makes the comment that you know um like they all keep talking about who they couldn't save Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then Andrew says, you know, I couldn't save Gwen. And then they all looked at him. He's like, that's my my Mary Jane, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he makes reference to not holding his punches back. So at that point, when he says he's not holding his punches back, um, you could tell that he had kind of like take. And he was mm-hmm. not handling the death of Gwen Stacy very well. Right. And so at that point, you're, you're led to believe that he probably, you know, a punch from Spider-Man that he's not holding back like he could kill people oh easily yeah so there's this fan theory that he actually was a murderer and he killed people now the trailer for morbius there's a building in the back which is oscorp and it's the same oscorp that's in the andrew garfield movie it's the same building design Uh and so they are led to believe that morbius is actually taking place in andrew garfield's universe um, and then when in the Morbius trailer, when he's walking by the wall at one point and there's the picture of Spider-Man and it's Tobey Maguire's costume, but spray painted over Spider-Man, it says murderer. Mm-hmm. So you're led to believe that maybe during that time, Spider-Man was not holding his punches and killing people. And it kind of gives him like this darker portrayal. And there's this leaked set photo too of a billboard and it says, where is Spider-Man? Because this one is out of his universe. Yeah. With- so it kind of kind of like going back, putting things, you know, the other, you know, like the Sony, Sony verse and stuff like tying in and everything. And these movies coming out for Sony Morbius. And then wouldn't surprise me if they retconned Venom to be in that amazing Spider-Man. Universe. Yeah. And now how they tied Venom into the MCU and everything, too. So it's it's kind of interesting when we when we first heard that, I was like, wow, that's actually that does make sense. You know, if they tried to put that spin on it, mm-hmm. which would be kind of cool. So. But anyways, that was just a fan theory that we saw. And I was like, oh, I wonder. Because I know there's a lot of push now that Toby's back and Andrew's back that they want those, you know, amazing Spider-Man 3 and they want a Spider-Man 4 from Toby. And yeah. and I, who knows? You may get them or not. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's literally tons of possibilities open. Um, and it'll be interesting to see which way they take, you know, yeah. with the MCU Spider-Man. And then the if there still is a Sony Spider-Man, be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going back to the current movie, Garfield is in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched that video. He was on uh, doing interviews. Um, he was on interview skirt circuit talking about uh, Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is movie that he's in about the play producer and stuff. And yeah. um, it was one of the morning shows that I think the one with uh, what was it Hoda Kotb or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. And they had asked her, you know, asked him at the end of the interview, like, you know, there's a lot of speculation about Spider-Man and, you know, are you in the film and stuff? And like, after that interview, I looked at Brody and I was like, I don't think he's in it, dude. Like his answer and the way he acted in that interview, he did a damn good job not leading on. Now, what we talked about fan reaction before, which in your theater, which Spider-Man appearance got the bigger fan reaction? The Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire? I feel for ours, it was the same for both. Yeah. I think there was maybe a few more cheers for Toby. Yeah. Um, 
but I think just that initial, like, Andrew was the first one that showed up. I could feel I, more stirring, though, with Andrew, just in, like, oh, like, he's in it. Well, and there was such a there was such a mixed reaction because I think fans knew that it was anybody but Tom Holland when that portal opened. Yeah, but right. it was so far away that you couldn't tell which suit it was. And then when he jumped through, then I think fans were like, oh, okay, you know, and he took the mask off. And I, I think just that moment was a louder cheer, maybe. When he maybe takes a little the mask off. Yeah. Just because then it was like confirming you know, suspicion that they were in it. Because yeah. once they showed him, you kind of knew that Toby was going to be in it. Yeah. You know, but then, of course, Toby showed up and he got a pretty loud reaction, too. But yeah. I mean, why wouldn't he? He was like the original. You know? Right. So yeah. what about yours? I think I think Toby might have got a little bit bigger, bigger of a pop when he came through. But it was good for both of them. I thought it was I thought it was pretty close. That that moment. And I know we've talked about it, and there's certain moments from movies that you'll you'll remember, just like um, history events. Like you will remember where you were at and how it made you feel, and things like that. Yeah. And this is one yeah. of those mo- movie moments, I think, that like Brody being his age, like he's going to remember that when he's our age, Joe, and yeah. like how it made him feel. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And it was you know? it was just one thing that you know, even though it was rumored and it was leaked and all this stuff, it was one of those things that. Like, did you ever really think that we would get all three of those guys in the same movie? Like, that's just something I didn't think would happen. It's just, it's just an att- a testament of like how powerful the the comic book MCU Marvel universe is right now. You know, it's just right. like to get you know the movies grossed over a billion dollars now, and during a pandemic, that's that's insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I think it also goes to show. Um, even though like it, doing it was just a license to friggin' print money and for, for Marvel, but, or for Disney, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I think it also is a testament to the fact that Disney, um, is willing to do, I don't want to say what's right, but willing to do things that will please the fans, even though if it maybe like it's giving their competition in air quotes, you know, the ability to, you know, cut into their market a little bit, because if Sony does move forward with Spider-Man properties and this and that, and yada, 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 technically that could be taken a little bit of the chunk of the pie that Disney would have gotten, you know, if they just kept Spider-Man, you know, to themselves. But the fact that they're willing to share characters and share um, some timelines and continuity, um, I, I think it shows that that Disney is willing to do kind of what's right for the character and right for the fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that statement. So it was just, it was at the end of the movie, I thought, man, this was really good. Now, a lot of questions and Joe, I'm sure you've probably been asked it too, because everybody knows what big nerds we are. Um, people have asked me like in terms of Marvel cinematic universe, what's your what's your number one movie oh dude you know what i mean like a lot of people are like did it meet expectations is this the number one movie because on paper this should be the number one movie i think Mm -hmm. on paper Uh, my opinion is different because my answer is very very 
I don't even know if you want to say strategic or not. It's it's not the normal because I know a lot of fans are like, this is the best Marvel movie ever and stuff. And I beg to differ. I think that it's up there. It might be my number two or number three movie, but I still think the way that we got Infinity War and Endgame and the way that that wrapped up and everything that built up for it, mm-hmm. I think that to me will always be the number one and two for me as those two movies and then probably this. I agree with that, but you could kind of see when you're watching the MCU films where it's going to lead. You know it's going to be something with Thanos. This nobody saw coming in like a million years. Well, there, there was so much speculation for this movie before it even came out. And there was speculation when Endgame came out because of the way Infinity War ended. Yeah. And there was rumors and stuff for Endgame, but not near to what capacity the, the No Way Home rumors were. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, it's so tough to pick because there's so many good MCU movies. Um, I think uh, I'm not willing to say one is my favorite right now and one isn't my favorite. I kind of give them both a tie at the top for different reasons. Endgame was such a good culmination to like what you said, you know, building up to such a huge storyline. Um, and, and Spider-Man was so good. I, I think they were both good, but just on different levels. Endgame was such a big picture. I mean, it literally involved, you know, the entire universe and so many characters and so many different um, plot lines being brought together where Spider-Man was so good, but more on a, like a personal level for that character. Like it was more of a, a small scale picture and they were both, they were both so well done, but they were both on different scales. Like Endgame was huge where Spider-Man was more intimate and, uh, you know, I don't know if I can pick one or the, over the other right now. That's, yeah, that's a fair assessment. I mean, yeah. now going back, because just you talking about Endgame and how it was like, you know, incorporated the whole universe and the way it ended and stuff. When Endgame, I said, talking about those mo- moments in movies that you'll always remember, you know, where you were and how it made you feel and stuff like that. Like one of my top ones is when everybody comes back after the snap. Oh, absolutely. Comes back, and then where Cat picks up the the hammer. Yeah. You know, those are those are huge moments that even watching them now, like I get teary eyed and chills because it was so good. Now, this is something that I never thought about before. I just always kind of like played it off and assumed that it was the people returning when the portals open at Endgame and yeah. all the heroes come through. Am I the only one who thought that that was everybody that was snapped away coming back? Uh, no, no, it's always different. It's all, it's just everybody from across everywhere coming together. Yeah, see, I, I always took it as like they snapped and it was everybody like, you know, you hear Sam say on your left and then the portals open. And I thought it was like everybody that was snapped back coming back to help fight because they knew what was going on. But then in that, when they come back, Wong's there. Yeah. And then in this movie, Wong's the Sorcerer Supreme because of a technicality because mm-hmm. he was strange. I was like, that was the moment there where I was like, wait, maybe I interpreted that all wrong because I thought Wong got snapped away too. Uh, well, I think we have, <clears throat> I think we have like a short, you know, what is it, 15, 20 minute time span from when the people actually get like snapped back to when they show up in the battle. And I think so that like, short, that short time span is like Wong gathering everyone that he can think of. Like he's trying to go and grab, okay, these people disappeared. We need them. These people disappeared. We need them. And I I don't think when you sit back and you think about it now, that makes sense. But I was just like, that was one of those moments that I was like, 
and I'm really kind of stupid when I because I thought it for a minute, you know what I mean? But do you think Wong will be the Sorcerer Supreme in Doctor Strange too? I think something will happen and he'll give up the title. Maybe not during the movie, but maybe at the end of it, I think. I kind of like Wong as Sorcerer Supreme. That it opens up Doctor Strange himself to, you know, I think being able to do more and and be like more of a I don't know, he can be used more in different stories as opposed to, you know, just being the Sorcerer Supreme. And correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't the Sorcerer Supreme title, doesn't it jump around to a lot of different characters in the comics as well? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. So back back to No Way Home. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep, like, sidetracking us. Um, is there a specific moment for you two when the Spider-Men are together that's, like, your favorite moment between the three of them? When Andrew says, I love you guys. And that whole that scene was, was so good. And that whole scene was improvised, so they didn't know what the heck to say. That's the one where they're up on the, the scaffolding around the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and they're like bickering when he talks about the Avengers. What is that? <laughs> He's like, it's kind of like a Earth's Mightiest Heroes thing. <laughs> What's, uh, was there one for you, Joe? I don't know. It was so, it was so good. Uh, I don't know if I can pick one scene out between all of them. They were all really good. Yeah, yeah, any scene that they were in together where it's like, it was good and it was funny, you know, especially like the, the laboratory, you know, working in there. Mm-hmm. The, the whole scene. You can't do that, can you? Yeah, the whole scene, like talking about the, 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 webbing. the webbing. Yeah. Like that. Think, uh, now that I think of it, I think my favorite scene may be, and it, they're not all together, but it's the back cracking scene with Toby yeah. and Andrew. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, so good. So, and I knew leading up to before we went to the movie, Here's my dirty little secret. I did really good, though. I was on social media, and I happened to be scrolling by, and some jackass posted that scene on uh-huh. social media of him cracking his back. And so I knew, and I was really hoping that it was just kind of like something that was kind of fan-made, generated type thing, because, you know, mm-hmm. technology is crazy. Um, but I didn't say anything to Brody or anybody else. And then when the movie was over, I told Brody, I was like, I did see that scene, so I kind of knew that they were in it. Yeah. It did kind of ruin it, but... I still really enjoyed There's it. There's still so much of it that you didn't see, though, that you were like, that made it for you. And I told, I messaged Joe and I said, you know, here it is, you know, opening night, we're in the movie theaters, people all around us, I'm a 40 year old man watching this movie, and I'm just fucking crying big crocodile tears at certain Yeah. Like Dude, if, there's ever a movie, if there's ever a movie that's going to make a grown man cry, it's probably this one. But you know, and, and Endgame got me a few different times. What was the the moment? And I think um, Nines agreed with me when I you know asked the moment. But what was the moment in that movie that got you the most in Spider Man? Oh God! Even talking about it, like I'm getting like choked up. Like when he saves uh, MJ from yeah. falling, Andrew yeah. Garfield, and like you can't. Just the acting is so good. Like she's yeah. like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, starts breaking down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Holy shit, if there's ever a redemption story in a movie, this is it. And and I don't care who you are. I don't think there was a dry eye in that place when that happened because you could feel his emotion. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I a million percent agree. That was a scene that got me too. Um, and you know, for for a character that didn't get closure, they were able to do it in such a small amount of time in that movie for yeah. for his character. It was it was so good. 
the other thing, like, obviously when we first see them on the screen, I got a little teary eyed because for us, Joe, I mean, it's different, you know, Brody, you know, is coming into this. He's watching them all after they've been out for a while. Like you and I, when the Tobey Maguire trilogy came though, I remember we spent a lot of time talking about that. And, you know, the day that the movie came out on DVD, I remember skipping school and we mm-hmm. went and got it at the uh, well, on cue at the time, <laughs> you know, sure. I remember, you know, so that teared me up too, because it had been like, like we've been following these characters since they first came out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and on cinema. And uh, so it was a big deal. But another one that made me a little teary too, was the interaction on top of the scaffolding between Doc Ock and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, I thought that that was a really nice reunion. And, you know, at that point, you could really feel that Doc Ock was, you know, good at that point. <laughs> well, and, you know, as a nerd, you know, a longstanding old nerd, like you just said, you know, we've been at this for a long time. Um, you know, we all, we've seen tons of different reboots, and we've seen this series reboot and that series reboot. And as a fan, at least me, you know, we we were huge fans of the original Spider-Man and then the the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Like we were we were invested in those series. And every time a series, whether it's Spider-Man or Superman or Batman or whatever, anytime a series that that we have time or you know emotions invest in gets rebooted, it it kind of makes you feel like, man, I just like wasted my time and I was invested in that series and I like that series. And now it's like all wiped away. It's all gone. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And this movie was able to like, Hey, like those characters that I loved and those characters that, you know, those storylines I liked, like those still matter. Like I can be a fan of this new series and like this new character um, and still, it's still okay for me to be a fan of the old ones too. Correct. Yeah. And I love with this one too. Well, hang on. Come to think of it. Wouldn't this make that the old, the first MCU films, if you think about it. Yeah, it actually does. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. The It'll be interesting to see if Marvel ups, updates their timeline and puts it at the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now that they're working and, you know, with Sony so well and everything, it'll be interesting to see. And they actually gave both of them titles because on their website, because they put them on there. So Andrew's, of course, the amazing Spider-Man, but they named Toby's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Kind of just as not mm-hmm. what he was originally called in the comics before they, like, added the titles to like, the comics. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anybody towards the end of this movie who was going to be, like, super pissed off? If they would have killed one of the Spider-Men. Because <laughs> there was a brief moment where I was like, really? We just got him back to just have him taken away. There's I like, know. Dude, <laughs> saw some videos from dude when Toby gets stabbed. He goes, in the theater. <laughs> yeah. There I had a I had a minute or two too where I'm like, no way. They brought them back just to kill Toby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna be livid if they did that. Cause that that seems like a whole it, and and if they had done that, like it would have completely ruined the whole movie and the feel that you had from it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't know. Kind of like when they kind of like when they kill Luke Skywalker at the end of um, <laughs> Oh god, that was so bad. Never mind. I don't want to ruin this podcast. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, overall. No Way Home. It was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, or if you've seen it already a dozen times, go see it again. 
Yeah, go see it again. Now, I, I feel like this is a foolish question for me to ask you two, but on a scale of one to ten, what do you give No Way Home? Bro, do you go first? Ten out of ten, man. Ten out of ten. See, I'm not there. I'm probably like, I'm pr- people are probably going to hate me, but I, I'd give it a solid eight and a half to nine, but I'm not full ten ten. I'll give it, I'll give it a nine and a half, a kind of a tie with Endgame. Nine and a half. Like it is as far as comic book movies and superhero movies and nerd movies, you know, there's always going to be little things that we're going to pick apart. But I think this is as perfect of a nerd movie as you can get, just as Endgame was. Endgame was just about the perfect nerd movie. And the part that really makes me, because I would give it a solid nine out of 10 if it wasn't for the fact that they made the classic suit at the end of the film. That's true. Yeah, they did do a good job of giving him and that suit at the it end. It combines the symbols of Toby and Andrew in certain elements. Mm-hmm. It's on the front and back, and he gives them the red mm-hmm. and blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I, mean, don't get me wrong. My rating doesn't mean that I don't like it. I still really enjoyed the movie. I think for me, it would have pushed over if we had gotten probably Miles in some way, shape, or Oh, way. dude. Other that than- was the one thing. And again, I'm kind of a late arrival to the Miles Morales fan party at first. I, I wasn't really big on there being more Spider-Man because, you know, we've seen that angle done with Ben Riley and some other stuff. But I was that was the one thing I wanted to see in that movie. Like, okay, it was it was kind of the worst kept secret ever that we were going to get Andrew and Toby in this. Yeah. If they would have actually slipped in a cameo of a Miles Morales, that would have pushed me to a 10. Now, yeah, there, and there that's is, I think that's where it was. But you're talking you're talking about where Jamie Foxx makes no, reference. No, there's a scene in the crack in the sky, and there's like a sequence that's like a little scene. You see this figure that like kind of turns his head, but it's not like it's one of the ones that you just see out of the corner, kind of. You mm-hmm. don't know who it is, but it's very much the animation of the Spider Verse film. So a lot of people are like, is that supposed to be Miles from that? Could be. There is a lot of hidden characters in the skyline when it starts cracking. Just don't just don't give us spider hammer. I'm out. That'll I'm, I'm done. <laughs> well, it was cool though because you see like there's Craven, Rhino, Scorpions in there. Black Cat. You see Black Cat too. Yeah, so there's uh, I'm torn between because it's either uh, Superior. You see at one point because you see like the four arms, or you see who's the other character. How come we didn't get a Spider-Man 2099? Oh no. <laughs> just don't put that goddamn pig in the spider suit there. I'm out. <laughs> But that probably would have pushed it to a 10 for me if we had gotten. And it could have been just a a cameo like Charlie Cox's Daredevil, you know. Yeah. You know, something like that. Because then you're just, you're building on that character. You're establishing them. You know, Marvel's always done a good job of putting these characters in plain view. Mm -hmm. And people go back and they like research and they're like, who is this? You know, uh, Captain America, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier did that with uh, Isaiah's nephew or grandson uh, grandson right yeah Yeah. and things like that like they put these characters in plain view and then it gets people going but i feel like they could have probably fit miles in somewhere just like even if you have like a kid walking down the street and he like bumps into somebody and he's like hey look out miles or something like something like that yeah then like people would have gone ape shit yeah yeah i agree i agree I feel like they could set them up too if uh, they want to be done with the Peter Parker character at the end of the next trilogy, and you could like the final scene of those trilogy be him like training him. I don't think that we're not going to see Miles at some point in the MCU. I think that Marvel clearly has a very well laid out plan 
that they're going to execute. But I just feel like they maybe missed an opportunity here with introduction because why wouldn't you introduce a character like that in a Spider-Man movie like this? Right. But I don't know. I don't get paid to make those decisions. So yeah, I think, I think you are a hundred percent right. Like they, they are not going to not use Miles Morales. It's just, they haven't decided to do it yet or, or we haven't seen how they plan on doing it. I will give him credit for this because even Brody said like they took some stuff in this movie and tied it to the Spider-Man games too. Right. The, yeah. The, um, games. Um, uh, one of the, the people, I think it was Ryan Wood. Shout out to Ryan Wood. Not that he listens to this podcast, but um, I think he pointed out some stuff in the movie afterwards that he's like, yeah, that came directly like from the game. Like, uh, you know, this was from the game or that was from the game. So I think they put a, they put a lot of little Easter eggs in for everybody. There, so one of the figures that you see in the sky, a lot of people can't tell if it's supposed to be Superior Spider Man or if it's supposed to be Do- uh, Doppelganger from mm-hmm. the Maximum Carnage storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting when this gets released on like digital and Blu ray to like pause it and zoom in on those figures in the sky and because like really a lot of people them. think that they saw somebody said that they thought that they saw Madam Web from like Shattered Dimensions, and, yeah, like, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I think. Like you said, when we get a chance to like pause and zoom in on stuff, um, we're going to be able to pick out a lot more. Yeah, because just like talking to people, you know, at like game stores and, you know, comic book stores and stuff like that, like everybody notices different things because there's, you know, some conversations that I have and they're like, oh, so-and-so is in there. I'm like, I didn't even see them. So, you know, it's almost like those uh, those hidden picture things that you stare at for a while. Mm-hmm. and then the- about, you know, everybody's going to notice something a little different in this. Yeah, like everybody knows Craven. Yeah, Cra- well, Craven, I feel like, was just, he was just right there in your face. Right. Well, you know? they, the original plan I read somewhere that if, I think Tom Holland even talked about it, if this whole Spider Verse idea didn't work out, like they couldn't get the actors to come back or all this other stuff, then they were going to do a Craven versus Spider Man. Was it going to be Jimmy Kimmel? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Talking about staring at something for a long time and then noticing different things. You know, the one quote, I hope I don't screw it up, but the one quote that makes me think of. Uh, what? <laughs> it's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. A sailboat <laughs> is a schooner, you silly bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I get that right? <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah, doesn't he go, you dumb bastard? Yeah, I, I think it's silly bastard, but I don't yeah, know. It's something like that. But something from like all that. rats, yeah. Uh, that's what I thought you were gonna say, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> such a good, such a good point in the movie. Oh, that movie's great. Yeah, Which it happens to be the movie that Brody is also named after. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so Joe, I uh, I don't think we asked you. What would you rate this movie then on a scale I, of ten? Uh a, a nine point five. I, I would give it as Oh, yeah, as good as a movie can get there you know there's always going to be some little thing that i'm like yeah they could have done this but it is um equal to end game for me as as perfect of a nerd movie as you can get well, there you go what also made me like it more too is just that it fixed a lot of the nitpicks from the mcu spider-man like it kind of ditched tony stark a lot and mm-hmm. kind of gotten didn't really mention him at all and mm-hmm. it fixed a lot of his actions had consequences, unlike some of the other ones where, like, Stark would just fix it. Yeah, and that's the one thing. It was cool to see. <laughs> it was cool to see the relationship with Tony and Peter in the previous movies, but it also kind of made life 
a little too easy for Peter at times. I think like, like Craig said, um, but this definitely fixed that. Like life is not easier for Peter now. So I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it to be like released where I can sit down at home and like actually like pause it. And, and then like, stuff, yeah. like stare at the TV to yeah, see and, like, what everybody dissect is. It more and stuff, now, so. do we have, do we have a date for release on DVD or digital? Uh, rumor that I saw was that the Blu-ray there, and it might be digital. One of them is rumored to be being released in March of this year. Okay, that's cool. So, which makes sense, I guess. Also, it's, when Batman comes out. So. Yep, Batman comes out in March as well. The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. So, they released the Funko Pops for that and some more character images, which those look awesome. Yeah, yep. we'll probably go see that one opening night, too. Probably. Because we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that looks really good. So, but I think, uh, yeah, in terms of that, we can probably wrap up the Spider-Man talk for right now. Yeah. Sounds good. What, what we got here? What's this? It's going to play. That kid is back on the escalator again. <laughs> That's that soundbite is tough to beat that nines. I know, I know you're not with us anymore at the moment nines, but that's for you. <laughs> that kid is it's back on, on the escalator. escalator. <laughs> oh, such a good movie. It is such an amazing movie. If all, all you nerds out there, if you have not watched the movie Mallrats, go back and watch it. It is classic. Or any of the Kevin Smith movies. I mean, I think he did a good job of all those. Yeah, they're all pretty good. <laughs> you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? <laughs> yes, say would you like a chocolate covered pretzel? <laughs> uh, so we're nearing the end of this episode. I think we've got uh, one more thing that's near and dear to our hearts that we want to discuss. Um, we always hit the uh, hard hitting facts here at nerds and beer. We do we're talking about the book of Boba Fett. Yep. Yes. Boba. So, two episodes in Disney plus nailing it. What do you guys think so far? And go. Like a bath, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like it so far. The first episode um, started a little bit slow, but I think it's something they needed to do because they needed to... I mean, everybody always wanted to know, how did Boba survive the Sarlacc? Well, episode one showed us in, in yummy, slimy details how Boba survived the Sarlacc. Um, and Patton Oswalt is right. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he always... <laughs> that's so funny that they resurfaced <laughs> um and then episode two i think gave us gave us a lot more just kind of story building on like how he lived that like what what time what his time frame looked like you know those next couple years like because obviously boba fett didn't just jump right back into you know being a, a bounty hunter being in the mainstream you know he lived a long time with the sand people um and and they show that how and why that took up so much of his life before he resurfaced as boba fett mm -hmm. yeah well in in the books too um which this is loosely based on now um when he escaped the sarlacc he had like amnesia in the books correct i think so I he think didn't even remember who he was it took some time and then i uh I feel like it was the second episode that I 
you know, there's a part with the lizard and like he sees these visions and stuff. And I told Brody after I was like, are we supposed to think that, you know, maybe he didn't have his memory and this little lizard was kind of like re-guiding him to his memories and everything. Cause you know, you see flashes of Django and, you know, attack the clones and, you know, him as a kid and stuff like that. But I don't think that's the case. I think it was just like hitting on, you know, his lifestyle. So I don't think he ever lost his memory in the show. Yeah. I kind of think so too. I think he knew, he knew who he was and I think he was maybe just that, that lizard maybe helped him like reevaluate because obviously when he resurfaces as Boba, he is a little bit different of a character than what he was prior when he was just like the angry, you know, bounty hunter that was, you know, just out for himself that, you know, when he resurfaces, he is a little bit, I don't want to say he's a good guy, but he is a little different guy than what he was when he went in. Correct. I don't know. I agree with you. I think the first episode was more, a setup and a filler. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'd gotten a lot of mixed reviews from other people that, you know, watched the series and stuff saying, you know, half were saying it was good. Other half saying it was complete garbage and that it was boring and things like that. And both sides of it. I, I enjoyed the first episode, but I also knew that this was just setting it up. Like they were kind of explaining how he came back because, you know, we didn't know how he came back. He just showed mm-hmm. up in the Mandalorian, you know? <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, some people are upset because obviously the character that we saw in The Mandalorian and the character that we're seeing in the first two episodes of Boba um, is different than what the original character was. Like, he's not he's not just kind of that flat, one-dimensional, angry character. Like, they're giving him depth now. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes people don't like to see characters change, so... True. Very true. A lot that could that could be some of the bitterness there, but I get it. You know, I understand it too. The first episode wasn't amazing. You know, I think I'd probably give it a a, a seven. You know, but it was just setting the table. I think for what we have coming. Correct. Yeah, I agree, and I agree with that rating seven, seven and a half, somewhere in there for that. Yeah. What do you think there? For the first episode, yeah, probably the same. Same. Seven, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the second episode steps it up a little bit more, um, gives us a, a lot more action, um, and like I said, just kind of fills that gap more of, you know, what Boba was doing and why he didn't just jump right back into things. Yeah, I loved in the second episode, like like a bantha. <laughs> oh yeah, like a bantha. The they had like a few things. Like this was one of the first times since like the Clone Wars animated series that we talk about spice. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And the pikes and too. the pikes, yep. The pikes were transferred onto live action, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Oh, and we got the um. Oh, what's the name, Brody? I know you'll know it. The the big uh, angry mercenary Wookie. He's it... he's from the Star oh, Wars comics. The, the Wookie. Yeah, it's yeah. like black. And I don't even know how to yeah, yeah how to pronounce his, it. His creator, the guy that made him, like the comic creator, doesn't even know how to pronounce the name. Black, it's like Black Kirstanen or something. <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. But I thought that was freaking dope having him in there. I'm like, dude, that guy's from the comics. <laughs> and they could tie him in too with Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show, because in the comics he fights Obi-Wan and on Tatooine. Yeah. I hope, son. I do hope, and I think they will, they won't just make that a one-timer. I hope we get more of that dude somewhere. <laughs> or I'm, I'm or... typing his translator on my phone to see how it pronounces it. Ready? Ready? This is it. Black Chrysanthemum. 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 Black croissant. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that was really cool to see him. Yeah, and I'm hoping too that we get more bounty hunter cameos and we eventually get Dirge from the old Clone oh, Wars show. The, yeah, from the old cartoon. Because he, he is canon again in the in the comics. Too, yeah, he came back in the comics. Yeah, which yeah. would be cool. I need I need somewhere in this show. I'm calling it now. I will be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Not that I won't still like the series, but if I don't get a friggin' Hondo and Naka cameo somewhere in this, <laughs> I'm gonna be mad. And I was just going to ask, that was going to be one of my questions to ask you guys. With um, a lot of the shows that we've seen, like The Mandalorian and stuff, there's always been, it seems like, at least one like cameo that's kind of significant mm-hmm. in the universe for fans. You know, season two of The Mandalorian, it was Luke, obviously. And then you even got, like, you know, Bo-Katan, then Boba Fett was back. And Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah, you know, you get all these big ones. What character do you think, and Joey, that might be yours as Hondo, but which character do you think is going to make an appearance in the series? Because I'm I'm willing to bet, you know, a million dollars. Well, I'm not going to say a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars, but I'm willing to bet something on it, that we're going to get some character of significance in it. Um, I'm hoping, I, I want to see Hondo, but he really wouldn't be, like, significant. He would just be, like, you know, kind of like fan fanboy service. Um um what's what's the dude with the the this is just kind of another stupid funny one what's the bounty hunter oh why don't i know his name he looked like he had mummy wraps on his head um yeah dangar i want to see dangar again too he's such a doofus Uh, i don't know what do you guys want to see i don't know i'm trying to think see i and, and i'm torn because i have seen some rumors about what may appear. One of the rumors that I've seen speculated is that we might get some sort of a visual at some point of the Millennium Falcon. And I'm wondering if we're going to get some sort of uh, adaptation of like Han Solo at some point because of the, oh. the history between them, because this is at a point that Han Solo would still be around. And they, oh, could, even sure. back, they could even bring back the kid from Solo too. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we'll get some sort of um, Han Solo appearance or, or maybe even a Chewbacca, especially since they, you know, just incorporate another Wookiee in a Hutu too. That would be dope. I never even thought of that. That would be that would be dope in it. And we could get I did see a rumor that they were gonna bring back um what's the the chick from the solo movie? Um she was yeah. in Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Kira was her name, but I Yeah. You know who I'm talking about anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that there was that she was speculated that she might make an appearance. Oh, yeah, because she's back in the comics, too. They brought her back for that War of Bounty Hunters event, the mm-hmm. War of the Bounty Hunters. Yep. Emil, isn't that her name? Uh, oh, yeah, Amelia Clark. There we go. Amelia Clark. There you go, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they brought her back for that. And, like, this is War of the Bounty Hunters is when Hans and Carbonite, and they're kind of fighting <laughs> over, trying to get him to Jabba, and she has him right now, I think. It seemed, it would seem kind of cool. At least I think it would be cool if they brought back those actors from Solo. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I don't. Solo got a bad rap, man. It, Solo did. it was just out at a bad time, and yeah, I just I think that it would be a nice nod if they brought them back, and maybe you know, just like we're seeing with a lot of other movies right now, stuff when they bring back, like you know, Spider Man. You know, Andrew Garfield's movies, the second one was so mixed, but the reception of him back right now was well received. I think you could, you know, kind of piggyback off that with Star Wars too now. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I've heard some people say six episodes for the Book of Boba Fett. I read that there was seven. Yeah, I heard seven as well. So I'm hoping that it's seven, and I'm really hoping that we get right around the same runtime for everyone because that's a fair show then. Yeah, that's good. We've got they've been right up close to an hour for both so far. Yeah. So and I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I I don't know. That's, yeah. I'm excited for it. But we've got the Book of Boba Fett right now. 2022 is shaping up to be a huge year for Disney Plus. Yeah. For sure. You think um, we should uh, run through real quick what we have coming up, and then we'll wrap up this bad boy? Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you kick it off with what you got there? What you guys are you guys are the the knowledge people. What what do we have on the book there, McClunky? All right, all right. He's pulling up his list. I do know in 2022 for Star Wars, we're supposed to get uh, Mandalorian season three. Um, the Book of Boba Fett will be wrapping up this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get Andor. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be coming out. Obi-Wan is supposed to be coming out by the end of this year, I think. And yeah, I think on. we'll probably see that like November, December. Yeah, and see, I thought it was supposed to start at the end of 2022 and then kind of carry into 2023, maybe. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we had happen with the Book of Boba Fett. Again, I wish they'd they'd stretch it out. I know you're big on binging right away. But I wish they'd stretch us out, like maybe give us two weeks between an episode, just right. so it doesn't burn so quickly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with them not releasing it all at once. I. I mean, I would binge it if they had it, but I'm okay with the one episode a week. I think it gives you something to look forward to each week. Yeah, it draws it out a little bit. Well, Doctor Strange, May sixth. Uh, Love and Thunder for Thor, July eighth. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um. Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday specials in December. Uh, Wakanda Forever is the November 11th. Which I could see that one being pushed back because I feel like we're still reading a lot of headlines about like direction that they're going to go with yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we have for Disney Plus series for Marvel coming soon? Do we got anything coming up? Moon Knight. Isn't Moon Knight hitting pretty quick? That's what I posted the other day. I read an article saying that um, they're thinking that it's going to be sooner than later, and they're they're speculating that it could be released as soon as February. Nice, which would be cool. And honestly, he's another one that I know nothing about, like his character. Yeah, he's very he's a very minor yeah. character, but Marvel, we've seen they uh, can do good things with that. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty excited to see you know what they do with him. So with Marvel, we got She Hulk. No, Miss um, Marvel. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Uh, Secret Invasion. That's oh. going to be a big thing. And that's I think that's going to be a start of the next big thing. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. That's oh, it. and What If Season 2. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of Star Wars and Marvel stuff for Disney+, Plus, um, they're going to have a pretty big 2022. And I think if you don't have Disney+, Plus yet, you're going to want to get it because... You know, we got it right at the beginning and the content was pretty limited, but now we're starting to kind of cross that threshold that there's more on there that, and the rewatch value of stuff is very high. Well, and they've brought in a ton of other movies. Like they've, they, over the last year, they brought in like lots of, you know, more mainstream movies that are on there too. Correct. Yeah. So it's definitely worth it. Faux show. So yeah, no, it's a pretty exciting time. And yeah. Boba's back. It's... Boba's back. Hmm. Tell a friend. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little robot chicken for you there. <laughs> yes, yes. <clears throat> so, 
all right. Well, I think that's all I got right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, for our for More being stuff. off for as long as we were, we are back right in the swing of it. Yeah, yeah. 2022 is going to be a big year for Nerds of Beer. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as Brody just pointed out, too, um, if you have HBO Max, don't forget uh, Peacemaker starts streaming on January 13th. Yeah. Joe, that's your uh, your favorite guy there, John Cena. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you can't see me. You can't see me. <laughs> so that's coming up soon, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's all we got right now, right? Yeah. I don't got anything else. Do you got anything else? No. I don't got, got anything else. You got nothing else? All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think we can uh, wrap this episode up. We want to thank everybody for listening and joining us for the first episode of uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. As always, uh, you know, if you uh, have anything nerdy to share with us, let it hit us up on our Facebook page or send us a message. Um, and, you know, keep listening. Go back and check out all our previous episodes because it's, you know, hours of classic entertainment. And uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Gift that keeps on giving. And uh, be sure to check out some new beers. There's tons of new brews coming out daily. So check those out and let us know what you think if you, you know, find one that's really good. Uh, I recently started to post some more again on on brews that, you know, we're having and stuff. So um, trying to incorporate some more of the beer parts of Nerds and Beer, just the reviews and stuff. So we'll have to get back to those on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Now, we will do a, a brief cameo because someone just returned from her basketball open gym. Just like the brief, the brief cameo we got earlier from, you know, nines on a roller coaster, but yes. uh, we have buckets that's returned to the house. Buckets, say hello. Hi. Hey, buckets. Hi. How did uh, open gym go? It was open gym. <laughs> did you did you dunk on any suckers? I'm too short. Oh come on! You can do anything if you put your mind to it. She's the point guard. She's the one that throws the lob for the person that throws it down. Oh, she sets it up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. How's basketball going for you? Pretty good. They're undefeated so far. How many games have you guys played so far? <laughs> Three mm. or four. No, I think you're at five now. Four. Okay, four. Four. That's good, though. Undefeated. Yeah. Buckets, what? Uh, give us a brief synopsis. What do you think of Spider-Man? Oh my god, it was so good. You've heard it here first, folks. My favorites now. Now I'm gonna ask the question I already know the answer to. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? Yeah, she's got got a big crush on Andrew Garfield now. (laughs) He's like he's like, I wanna fight an alien. (laughs) I've fought a Russian in a rhino suit. Yeah, that part was hilarious. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. You are amazing. He's like, let's, let's yeah, let's stop for a minute. Let's just, you are amazing, <laughs> Maddie. How many times did you cry during Spider Man? Six. That's that's quite a few. Now you're ready for her to disappoint you guys. Oh God! How yeah. how Boba Fett have you watched? Zero. You're a loser. <sighs> you better start it right now. Yeah, go watch now. You better get right with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, youth pastor Toby. All right, boys. Well, let's wrap this. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We are in the middle of a pandemic, so McClunky, what do they need to do? Uh, Wash your hands and wear wear your mask. And be careful for that new Transformer variant of COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Decepticon? Yeah, the the Omicron thingy. Omicron. It's going to come eat the earth. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a new variant based on Transformers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, hey, all right. Well, you know what that you know what that brings up that I have to do since you brought up uh, Unicron or I brought up Unicron. You know what I have yeah. to do? Yeah. What do you... you got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> you got the power. Except this time you don't want to get the touch. No. <laughs> you don't want to be touched this time. No. Uh, or else I get that Omnicron stuff. Not good. No. I'm going to find a sound bite real quick. That you got to touch? No. <laughs> no, it's just one to. Oh, here you go. This is how we can end it. So, from all of us here at Nerds and Beer, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode. So, until then, uh, let's see if it'll load here. Autobots, roll out. Beer. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs>